and welcome to another edition of Talking Ball with the Czar. I'm Emory Hunt, the Czar of the Playbook. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts, and don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at youtube.com slash football game plan. Also subscribe on iTunes to Football Game Plan Podcast and leave us a five-star rating. And man, we have a great guest on the podcast today, formerly the head coach of Texas Southern and also Lane College. We'll get into all that, but one of the bright football minds out there in the business, Johnny Cole. Coach, I appreciate you taking time. Thank you much. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to, uh, to uh, share with you some of my experiences and, and uh, you know, maybe one day look forward to uh, uh, moving back uh, on the sidelines. Well, it, it's going to happen for you because I, I, here's how I came about, you know, wanting to, to talk to you more. I was doing some background research on some on a different project that I was working on, and I stumbled across the 2001 Grambling Alabama State game. I'm like, wait a minute, what I'm watching offensively for Alabama State is stuff that I'm seeing coaches get credit for now. But I'm like, yo, they're doing this back then in 2001, and I'm looking at the, I'm like, I'm trying to find out who's coaching and who's OC. And your name popped up, and I remember, like, oh, yeah, I, I heard this name before talking about the hobo offense. And so when I reached out to you, I was like, yo, this would be great to talk to you and get to, to, to know you, your style, everything about you. But, yeah, it's going to happen because you are doing stuff. You were doing stuff back then that people are doing now. Without a doubt. I mean, people don't even realize that when I was at Tennessee State, uh, when they made the rule to let the defense set up before the ball is snapped, they made that rule because of us, you know, and we was playing uh, Eastern Illinois uh, when Tony Romo was there. And that was the thing, you know, it was the hurry up offense. And actually, you know, we made interchanges. We would, we would go heavy offense and run a play. And then the next play, we'll wait 15 seconds, then we'll go no back. And it didn't get a, a chance to set up. And they actually, the next following year, they made a rule that, if you made substitutions, you would have to get a defense time to set up. So, you know, it was a lot of things that, you know, and at that time I, I had started being office coordinator in, in 1990 at Southwestern College in the KCAC, where we finished number four in the country and broke every conference record. You know, my quarterback at that time was Derek Singleton. So by the time I had got to Alabama State, I mean, we were wide open and uh, I had a great quarterback and a great staff. And you know what's interesting about that, and it, a lot of it comes back because you played the position. You were a quarterback at Texas Southern. So I want to ask how much of your playing experience and seeing what worked and, and didn't work, you know, as a player, you really don't, you really don't have the, the leeway to go to coach and say, hey, coach, you know what, this, let's toss this out, let's do this. But you, you hold that until you have the opportunity to become a coach and you implement a lot of what you learned and what you saw as a player. So how much of that crossover from when you played the position went into your, your you know, designing of the plays, designing of, designing of your offense when you got the, uh, the chance to be a coach? Well, you know, it would it'd be remiss if I don't say a guy named Lionel Taylor uh, used to coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers during those Super Bowl years and actually went from Pittsburgh to the Rams and ended up playing Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. And that's the basis of my offense, what Terry Bradshaw and Joe Gilliam played up underneath. 
And I also had the opportunity because he was my college coach to play in that. And people don't understand. See, I played against Jerry Rice uh, and Willie Totten. And I had a guy named Daryl Coburn, my wide receivers, as well as Donald Narcisse, who went on to, to catch more passes in, 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 in pro football than anybody. But we were wide open then. We were no back. We were no huddle. You know, everything came off the wristband. Uh, I made calls at the offensive line. So, you know, I had a good teacher, you know, and, and, and today I still uh, let him understand how much. And then I was able to go on and uh, reinvent myself as I got into the coaching realm and uh, in, the, in the study of the game. You know, I was invited down to the Miami Dolphins to the uh, 50th uh, you know, uh, Coaches of Color Clinic with uh, Jimmy Johnson down there. I stayed a week down there. I was invited to the Dallas Cowboy Quarterback School, Jerry Jones Quarterback School, on two different occasions. I also had the opportunity to go out to San Francisco, 49ers, when Bill Walsh was there and studied there under there. So I had a vast uh, uh, opportunity to uh, uh, learn the game. And, uh, you know, and I have to say University of Cincinnati when I went there. Uh, was uh, had a great time on, on really focusing and learning, you know, the run game. You know, my brother had an opportunity to coach with Nick Saban up in Toledo where they won the uh, MAC conference up there when uh, Nick Saban was at LSU. And we had a chance to visit them there where I visited with Coach Watts, you know, on the run game and, and you know, how you, uh, you break yourself down and, and put quality control together. So, uh, I had a lot of good coaches around me as well, guys that, that actually worked up underneath me that, that also have went on to, to do great things. Now, when you became a head coach, it's interesting because not a lot of people can – a lot of coaches talk about we're going to have success, we're going to build a program and have success. But not a lot of people were able to go to a place, multiple places, and have that success. You're one of those few coaches that, has, that have been able to do that. You're a head coach at Lane College turned him into a winner. You were a head coach at your alma mater at Texas Southern, turned him into a champion. What went into your process of, of building a program to where you took something that, I mean, you look at your first year at Lane, you guys were 0-10, and by the time you left, you guys were winners. And so what goes into building a program and, and seeing that, that philosophy and that dream come to fruition by the time it's all said and done? Well, you know, the first thing, you know, and that's what a lot of these guys, they just take the head coaching job just to say, I'm a head coach or the money. And then once they get there, they sit around and they complain that this is not there, this is not there. You know, you got to study the place where you're going. You want to you want to know the missions of, of, of the campus. You know, you want to be able to talk to the people and tell them the specific things that you need. You know, you can't go there and say, oh, well, we don't have enough scholarships. Well, Lane College, I had six and a half scholarships, and, and we beat everybody in the conference except for the two championship teams. You know, at Texas Southern, it's the same way. Uh, at Tennessee State, up underneath my brother's leadership, you know, we took a two and nine program uh, and hadn't had a, only had one winning season in 10 years. Same thing at Alabama State, one winning season in 10 years. You know, of course, you know, Elaine, uh, you know, I think it was about 15 years when we went there. But the first thing is, is discover where am I going? The second is you got to change the whole atmosphere. You got to clean the place up, clean your office up. This is our standard from here on out. You know what I mean? And then thirdly, you got to go get a coaching staff. 
And a lot of guys are, are afraid to hire coaches that have been coaches before. If you look at my staff at Texas Southern, I hired my brother has been a head coach. Melvin Spears had been a head coach. Kevin Ramsey had been in the pros and all around. You know, you got to get, you got to get you good coaches. You can't hire your friend. You, you know what I mean? If <laughs> That's your friend's true. a good coach, then yeah, yeah, hard. But but if he ain't, you might want to put him somewhere else. But you can't be afraid to go out and hire some guys that's been in the fire, you know, because you got to understand that if you the one in that room, if you in your coach's meeting room and you smarter than everybody there, you in trouble. You in trouble. <laughs> that's why you see that there's not a lot of guys that's taking over these jobs and winning. You know, you see these young guys, you know, they, they jump out and they're excited on offense, but when the metal hit, the, 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 the tire hits the road and the games get tight, they don't win. And then they fall off to withstand and continue to win. You got to get a good coaching staff and then you got to establish your system. What is my system? So no matter who comes in that spot, we're going to run this system, you know, and this is what we're going to do. And so, uh, those are the things that I think is, is key. I ain't even start talking about scholarship because I hear that a lot. Oh, I couldn't win because they didn't give me no scholarship money. Oh, I couldn't win because they didn't get, you know, no recruiting money. Hey, you knew that going in. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that school is in trouble, not just because the players are bad or the coach is bad sometimes. Sometimes you got to get in there with the administration and, and you got to sit down there and tell them why you need to do X, Y, and Z. You know, so it's a lot of things going on till we start talking about the X's and O's. You know, when you get that head spot, it ain't about the X's and, and O's, you know, sometimes. Then let's talk about recruiting. Okay, this is what we got money-wise. What can we do? And, and, and then going back to your coaching staff, when you hire older guys, and I'm not saying hire staff for the older guys, they have coach kids that went on to be coaches that's went on to play in the NFL, and then you just reach out to them. And then people start sending you players, you know. If you don't have the money to get that out there, you should at least have the relationships. So when you get a lot of young guys on your coaching staff and you sit in the room and you're the smartest, you sit in the room, you're the only one got contacts, you're going to be in trouble. And, uh, you know, again, I can't put emphasis on the guys who have worked with me at those schools have went on and done great things. That's a great point because the network should help the program self-recruit itself. Because if you were doing right by the players you coach and now they're becoming coaches, they're going to send players your way because you've done right by them. They know you're going to do right by their kids. That's a, that's a great point. And a lot of people don't understand that coaching is essentially a relationship business. And not only from the coaches you hire, but from the coaches <laughs> you uh you reach out to and and the guys that you coach you know it's it's well, about you know how can people relate to you well and 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 see you know i'm still kind of old school you know and you see a lot of this uh we want we want players we want our coaches to get along with, with our players I, I i don't i don't believe in that I, I don't care if you like me as a player but i do care that you respect me and i know what i stand for you know, and I'm still old school. I still think it needs to be uh, dorm checks. I still need to be uh, making sure they, their rooms are clean. They still need to be, when we travel, we travel a certain way. Don't come look the way you look. 
See, my team, if you look at some of these teams, they, they put their team warm-up suits on, and those kids wear those warm-up suits the whole weekend. You know, you can win some games off the field on discipline. And a lot of when you seeing teams, I can look at a team and know then and there whether they have a disciplined coach or they don't. And that's so much. That's so important. And then just like you say, some of those don't, they don't understand that going through your program. But at the end, when they be, get that college degree and walk across that stage and go on and get their masters and doctors, and then I got, I got players that are superintendents and, and got players that are principals, they come back and they hug me and they say, Coach, I didn't understand now, but I understand. I didn't understand then, but I understand now. And that, that's when you're running a good program that all your kids is going through. You ain't got to worry about after three years or after two years, are they going to class? Do they get the point? Do they get the picture? And I always tell them, there's not one player, not one coach is bigger than this team. And I've, I've had to release some big-time players off my football team. But I wasn't going to sacrifice the team and the system for one kid, because it, at the end of the day, you got to have all 11 going the right direction. He touched on something that was like huge and is, is, is key. You talked about winning with discipline. And it is, is an example of that, the, the way teams, let's say on paper, a team is playing Army or Navy and, or Air Force, and they'll look at it like, oh, this team should blow this team out. But Army, Navy, or Air Force goes out there and beat the brakes off a team, despite not having the quote-unquote most talent. Is that due to the fact that they are a disciplined bunch? Ain't, ain't, ain't no question. Ain't no question that uh, uh, discipline. When you're dealing with groups of people, you know who? What's the best? To me, the best team in the in the country is the Army, the Navy, the Marines. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Air Force. And I ain't talking about the football team. I'm talking about the service. All of them dress alike. All of them look alike. Uh, uh, you know, you got the captain's quarters or the officer's quarters where the enlisted men can't go. There's a separation between that. All that's important, you know. And 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 I tell you, coaches, even in myself, uh, you know, sometimes we get uh, prostituted by by having a good player. We we get caught up into having a good player. Now, don't believe me. I don't want to tell you that I'm going to tear off my nails despite my face. And, you, you know, you, you, you got to make your kids understand. Everybody know who's the best player on the football team. You, that ain't no secret. And everybody know he's going to get a break or two. And he will get a break or two. But to me, when it comes down to respecting this team, respecting the coach, if we don't have no respect among each other, then we don't have no relationship. And I got to let that kid go. And he's got to go somewhere else. And I've had to do that a couple times. And, uh, you know, it's almost like when you leave those kids on your football team, you, you're making a contract with the devil. And you know who's going to win that deal. <laughs> Absolutely. So, 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 you know, when, when you made that statement about how I get it done and how we get those good players, and, and, and a lot of that has to do with how I run a program. You know, and, uh, you know, this is the way we're going to do it. Uh, nobody is going to do something different. If we say we're wearing white socks, then everybody will wear white socks. A kid come out there with no white socks, he gets sent back to the, to the locker room. And if I got a coach that don't believe, and that's, that's important too, 
You got to have a staff that actually buys into what you want. You don't want no staff saying, oh, well, that's Coach Cole's rule. No, that's our program's rule. So before we even get to the X and O's, the, 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 the playbook and all that, all this is established out front because you got to be able to have them all disciplined, all believing in the system. So when they hit that football field, there's no second guessing. And speaking of on the football field, it, you know, you always hear West Coast offense, you hear run and shoot, you hear option offense, you know, now you hear go-go offense nowadays, but there was a point in time where a lot of people talked about the hobo offense. And not a lot of people know what the hobo offense is. And that's, you know, high operated, big offense. So that's your that's your baby. That that is your your brainchild that that you have that you birthed, you started, and it was highly productive, highly successful, and it still is, because it was again ahead of its time. So what a lot of what we're seeing now you were doing back then. So let's dive a little bit into that. First of all, it is, can you explain if someone was to ask you, Coach, what's the Hobo offense, what would you tell them? Well, I, I would tell them, as, as you say, the high-octane, big-play offense, we want to create uh, mismatches. Uh, we want the defensive coordinator to where he has to prepare uh, we want to dictate to the defense what what defense we're going to see. Uh, we want to dictate the tempo because it's not all just a fast break. We, you know, a part of it. And, you know, one thing about, you know, and we call it our toolbox. One thing we want to make sure, we want to make sure that we have everything in the toolbox going into a game. You know, we're going to go into the game with a bunch of formations. You know, we're going to go into the game with, you know, your draw game, your sprint game, your option game, your power game. You know, we're going to go into it that. So that, that when you say the whole offense, multiple. You know, and I, I, you know, I've learned that when I was a little kid. And I ain't saying little kid. I was in high school when my brother used to play for the University of Nebraska. And I used to love Big Red and watching them play. And every time they would get to that, that top game or that tough game, and that team shut the offense down, they were still running sprint out and stuff, and they down two touchdowns. And, man, I'm telling you, you know, I, I used to cry and watch my brother as he's playing out there like, damn, can they, look, everybody know you got the pass to come back. You see what I'm saying? You, you, you got to open it up. You, get, you, you can't run, you can't continue to run the option. You're going to run the clock out. <laughs> so so as, a, as a kid, I was like, if I ever got in that position, I would never go into a game with just one dimensional offense. And some guys are like that. Some, some coordinators, are, they don't matter what. I remember when I worked at Arizona Western and, and, and they ran the option out there and I said, hey coach, come on. You know, I was excited getting there. And I, I said, you know, let's break down these film. And he said, coach, we ain't got to break down no film. I said, what you mean? He said, all you need to do is look on there and see if they're odd front or even front. And that's what we gonna do. <laughs> And I was like, wow, okay, so we're going to run the option no matter what. And, you know, when we played teams that we could do it on, we scored. But when we played, you know, when it got clutch time and you played against a team, you know, they choked, they stopped you. Then, then all of a sudden now your quarterback's scrambling around, you thinking of play, drawing in the dirt. So 
you know, when you say the whole hopeful, hopeful offense, and, and even we even got packages in there. When I'm when I'm playing a team that that are physically stronger than us, it's a package that I'm gonna go to. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna go with the shuffle game. You know, I remember playing Alabama A&M, and I can't think of the defense and He played for the Indianapolis coach for a long time. Mathis. Uh, Mathis. Whew. <laughs> man, I watched film on that kid, coach. That kid could do, control the game. And man, we played him, and I, I every time, and this was back in the nineties. We're gonna put a tight end on him. We're gonna, we're gonna hit him. You know what I mean? We're gonna run a shuffle game on him. We're gonna let him come in and shuffle up underneath. We gave him so many looks, you know, we just neutralized him. We we end up neutralizing him. And uh so so you know, going into a game, you know, I've had coordinators come up to me and say, man, we stayed up all night. Coach, <laughs> you saw so many formations, man. You know what I mean? And that's that's what it's about. I remember playing against Jackson State. Now, I come in the game with 20 plays. You know, most some quarter, coordinators do that. This is what we're going to do. And in my 21st plays, we're going to make sure we go over every – we're going to put in every uh, formation. Because we want, we want them to see. So my upstairs people is watching – how they defend such and such. Is it any change from what we watched that week? And then if there's no change, and then sometimes, like I said, we was playing Jackson State one year, and they couldn't cover the no huddle. And I mean, they kept leaving number three open, and, and, and then when they switch it over, then number two, and we just <laughs> up and down the field. Well, no need to be going somewhere until they figured it out. And when they figured it out, we were able to go to some other things. So, so I would say we're multiple. Uh, you know, we want to make sure we prepare because I'm looking at these new offenses and I, I have to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I just get tired of seeing zone, zone, fake zone pass, bubble screen, zone, fake. And then it's third and one, fourth and one. I'm, in, I'm, I'm still in four wide. Quarterback getting stuffed. They hiking the ball over the head. We down inside the five. Still, we in four wide. Now what defense is doing is pitching everybody and bringing everybody inside and going man coverage. And all you now, you've left yourself, all you can throw is the, is the fade, you know, and getting stuffed and getting stuffed. I guarantee if they did some type of statistics, you would see short yardage running the spread or the go-go or whatever they call it. I, I bet those numbers are low. Oh, absolutely, because you see it a lot, man, when, when teams, uh, you know, get inside the green zone or what have you, it's almost like they, they are, you know, stuck on, man, what play do we call? We, had, we hadn't practiced all week on, on heavy uh, personnel or, or jumbo package. We didn't even know how to get them to center and line up in the eye formation or hand the ball off to. And it looks so obvious when they're coming to, uh, you know, line of scrimmage, okay, this is going to be a run over to the right side because they hadn't practiced that. They don't know. And when you, when you talked about throwing stuff out there, um, initially, like all the formations in your first 20 plays or so, in the first part of the game, how much of that, uh, of of that, you know, let's say misdirection as far as like trying to manipulate what they do on the other side, is is all window dressing to where to, you know teams are just like, you know what, man, okay, so they when they go here they do this, but you really are keeping to the vest a lot of what you came and prepared to do based off uh, how they react. Oh, it's no, no, it's no question, you know. And then you know, it's one thing that you really can't. Uh, figure out watching film sometimes is really how good are their their front, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And of course, 
you know, of course, you want to know if they're, you know, a blitzing team, a pressure team, or if you want to know if they stay back. And you might run into some guys. I, I remember playing Florida and M, and we ran into some some cats, some some very good cats, you know, getting off the ball real fast. So we had to go to our trap game. I don't even see guard trap no more. You know what I mean? When you right. let that three tech go, what they do now is just let it go and then try to shuffle some up underneath it. You know what I mean? Which which is good too. But sometimes you gotta have some kicking that guy out. You know, so we you know, if I if I'm being a, a, a aggressive defensive line, shit, we're gonna we're gonna do some trap stuff. We're gonna run run some double scheme. You know, but uh, and I know when people hear and say, Oh man, that's so many blocking schemes, but really ain't. You know, and that's one of the other keys is you got to establish a blocking scheme that those five guys who I believe is the less athletes on the, on, on the field, that they can tee off on the same play. All we're doing in the backfield is handing the ball off differently, but running the same scheme up front. And if you can get that down, and I think, you know, a lot of the offensive line coaches, you know, when they first came into my offense, you know, I would have to sit down and, and we 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 go back and forth. And, no, you can't do that. And, uh, no, we can't do that. And then you're going to coach. You're going to coach the little pieces of it. You know what I mean? If, if we're if, if we, if we, if we trying to run some type of a, 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 a zone scheme, but then yet we're doing some things different in the, in the background and one of the linemen's got to tweak something, then that's just the way what we got to teach it. But at least the other four know I'm coming off the doggone ball. Right. You know, uh, zone scheme, you, we, we might run option off a of zone scheme. We might run trap off a of zone scheme. And you'd be saying, well, how do you do that when you're not blocking the backside defense in? I might put a tight end and make him motion over, and now you kick it him out. And we, were, we got trap scheme. It might not be none affiliated with the offensive line. So, and that's what's key. And you know, and the biggest thing is is that I learned that that you know, if, if the first thing you gotta go over is, is pass protection. If you if your pass protection don't mess don't mess with your routes, you got a problem. How I'm, how many times do you find yourself watching the game, and you you see where you know a guy probably you know just solely focused on the whiteboard and forgot that those pieces are real people out there and they actually move and, and adjust and do things like that. And they have no counter to where they don't know how to pick up a blitz or they don't know how to, uh, you know, sight adjust on, on a certain route. Do you, do you blame that for uh, the coach on, for not preparing his guys for, for what he sees? Cause he's so enamored on, okay, this play looks good on paper. I'm gonna put this in my playbook. Well, let me say this, the, the game, the athletic game is an ego game. And I, I hear a lot of coaches blaming stuff on the players. I, it ain't a game that I coached that we didn't do well that I blamed it on the on the player. The only player you possibly can do that to maybe is the quarterback when he's supposed to throw it to throw it to A and then he forced some over to B and the defense is giving him A. You know, and I tell my kids, don't don't go out on your own. If it's the last play of the game or the last, do exactly what I ask. Make the game on me. Don't don't make it on you. Don't be the hero. And it's an ego game. And just like you say, you know, you got a lot of coordinators, you know, sit there and they pick, they stack in the line and they just steadily trying to stay with what they do. Well, that might tell you, they might not know nothing else. 
That's true. You know, they ain't been prepared for nothing else. Don't don't think that because you're an offensive coordinator that they know everything. You can't go in there thinking that. Now, now you you should know something, or you should uh, you know something about the run game and about about track. I see sometimes you know they hire two coordinators. Well, one's a pass game coordinator and one's a run game quarterback coordinator. I hate that. That's just like me. I hear that, well, we, we, we play the two-quarterback system. One quarterback is the thrower, and the other quarterback is the – well, damn. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's predictable to me. Right. Very predictable. You know, I'm going to pick me a quarterback, and that's going to be my quarterback. You know, and, and I, 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 I don't recruit – I don't recruit running quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Where he just dropped back and just scramble all over the place and, and throw the throw the football. I rather I get a, a pocket guy that can run, and 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 I see that a lot in our black quarterbacks coming out of high school, and that's what happens to them when they get to college. If you if you go back, look at the NFL, you'll find in the NFL that the the the, the quarterbacks that have the most success. It's guys that know how to stay in the pocket. You got to stay, got to learn how to stay in the pocket. And a lot of our black quarterbacks, and it's getting better, it's getting better that they depend and people are not coaching them through those games in college. Yeah, they letting it happen, but you still got to bring them in the room and say, man, I know you scored this touchdown. I know you was MVP, but this is what you should have done. This is what you, you got to continue to coach them. And our black kids are so athletic when they come through, you know, uh, uh, high school. And then when they get in college, you got to continue to coach them. Because if they get an opportunity on the next level, that's only going to last. It ain't going to last long. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a big argument with some coaches about Michael Vick when he came out. I think Michael Vick is a hell of a kid. I said, he'll never win the Super Bowl. He'll never win it. Oh man, you man, I'm telling you as a defense coordinator, man, I'm scared of Michael Vick. Yada, 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 yada. Blah, 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 blah. I said, okay. And and he, he never he never won one. I only think did he ever get close? I think they got close once, and, and that was when he was in Atlanta. The I want to say that they played the Eagles. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then, you know, this kid that we got now with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I I felt they made him throw the ball too much when they lost. I I I think they, they tried to force something on him that he wasn't ready for. I thought they should have ran the ball a little more, you know. But, but you know, those, those are things that, yeah, when I watch these games, I'm looking at these coordinators and I'm saying, look, evidently they got you pegged. And, <laughs> and one of the other things that, 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 that helped make me success is I used to scout myself. You know, I had a coach that he would go over all our plays and scout and how many times we ran this. After that third game, we scouted ourselves. You know, what formation? What's our favorite formation? And then what we like to run out of there. So so I'm doing what the defense coordinator is doing. You know, and I, I remember playing Texas Tech, and it was third and, 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 and short or something like that. And I guess, I mean, he had a whole computer sheet on me. That's when they had a computer where you could put the information in. I mean, he had a whole computer sheet. And he just knew I was going to run the ball. Because when we came up, you know, every time it was short, we, we going power. We going to run power out of some formation. And I ended up running a screen out of power look. And when I say my running back walked in the end zone, <laughs> 
he stopped, he stopped <laughs> about 10 yards. He just started walking in his own because they had brought the house. They had brought the house. So, uh, uh, yeah, I see that a lot. And, and I see people pointing the finger at these kids sometimes. And, and that's, that's not a good thing to me. You know, you got to be, you got, you know, my thing is putting the kids in the best situation that they can be successful. You know, you know, some, sometimes we get a, you know, you have two plays, you get a check. And I call my plays from the sideline. And yeah, I don't wear no headsets, but the guy next to me wear headsets. And I, uh, and you can ask anybody to face me, you know, uh, I do change some plays at, at, from the sideline. And I teach my quarterback, if he sees something, you know, we run, we run certain plays towards the three technique, some plays towards the shade. And if they go over or under, that play might change. You know, and I teach the quarterback that once he sees that, then, then change the play. We want to do something successful. You know, I don't want you to go ahead on and force the ball. If we're trying to throw a bubble screen and the guy's sitting there, then let's get out of that and let's go to some successful. We want to throw a route towards a zone, zone coverage, and they line up in man. Well, let's get out of that play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And let's get to a zone. I mean, to a, to a man route. You know, and and I, I just believe it. I, I believe you run certain routes versus man coverage, and you run certain routes towards zone. Do you find that? Um... You know, when when you have an offense like you do, that's so multiple and so diverse, you'll you'll see certain coaches say, "Well, I don't want to give the kids too much." Do you think <laughs> that right there puts a limitation, a uh, self limit on, on what you could potentially teach a kid? Like we, it's almost like I don't I don't think they can learn that, but you don't know if they can learn that if you just teach it to them because it seems like you were able to get these guys to to serve in multiple roles while carrying multiple tasks and playing consecutive, consistent, and explosive football? I, here's the funny thing. I coached my son's middle school team, seventh graders. And we were running bubble screens. We were running triple reverses. We was running uh, inside zone. We was running shuffle play. You know, you, you got to get these kids, you know, get these kids an uh, opportunity to learn it. Right. You know, and then – you got to find out, and this is the teaching coming to me or the teacher coming to me. You got to find out how does that kid learn? Does he learn by utility? Does he learn by reps? Does he learn by uh, 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 watching it on film? You know, we're going to do all that. And if you need to put some extra time in or you need to give him something to go home with, you know, and once they learn the base of the offense, of my offense, once they learn the base, you know, like I don't have a passing tree. I got routes. And like I was just saying, some of the routes are man routes and some of them are, are zone routes. So I don't have a passing tree. I don't, I don't, I don't say 737, you know, or, or 848, you know, this receiver run an eight route, he run a four, he run a seven. I don't do that. You know, and, and, and my basics is, is, is the basics of the holes, you know, uh, even to the right, odd to the left. Uh, tailback is two, fullback is three, you know. Uh, and just some basic, basic stuff. Uh, and then once they learn the basic stuff, it, it makes it fun for the kids. And then you might have a kid that can run like the wind, but he ain't very smart. Well, I'm going to give him something because I believe in putting the ball in the playmaker's hands. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, when I had opportunity to go out to the 49ers, you know, I was sitting in the meeting and they were going over how many times Rice was touching the ball, how many times Roger Craig was touching the ball. And I'm like, well, why they do that? And talk with the coaches is you want the ball in your ball and, and the people who make plays. And, 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 you know, I, I watched Prairie View this year and, and, and nothing against they staff. None. I'm just, this is mine. And they had a little, little guy. Uh, I can't think of the why you Tucker, the running back. Yes, sir. When he touched the ball and he go over 200 yards, okay, they, they going to win a football game. When he don't touch the ball, they going to struggle, you know, to mm-hmm. win. Have they won with him not touching the ball? Yeah. But most of the time they lost the game. I mean, that kid, you're going to get that kid to football. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get my best players to football. And my guy, a guy upstairs, you know, they ain't up there just watching the game, eat popcorn and a hot dog. <laughs> you know, I want them to call down and say, man, we ain't gave the ball to John Doe, man. We need to, we, we need, we need to get, and we're going to have plays to get the ball to him. You know, and, and uh, uh, but it's, it's an egotistical game. And, and, you know, a lot of guys don't want to take the blame for it. But I'm one of those guys that do. If I'm not if I'm not scoring 30, 30 plus, I got a problem. Do you see now like nowadays? Uh, I feel like when you were uh, out there with let's say with Alabama, say or Texas Southern, everyone was still in the mindset of, all right, we uh, they they how they scheme their defense front line first, right? But I think because of how you ran your offense, you start to see coaches nowadays work back to front. Like, okay, we're going to get coverage right first before we work on, you know, rush and fronts and stuff like that. Do you feel like you've kind of seen that shift over the course of time you've been a coach? Well, I, you know, I believe fronts, coverage is go with fronts. Right. I mean, whatever front you're going to see, that's what's going to be happening on the back end, you know. And, uh, and, what, and what has happened is a really a good thing for defenses. That's why when the spread first came out, they called defenses off – off, uh, you know, off balance. But but what happened was is because you just stay in, in two wide, two by two, now the defense has had to uh, adjust. So that made the, the defensive coordinator or the secondary coach teach the more coverages. They got more looks and more coverages, man on one side, zone, this is what we're doing, you know. So actually they let defenses catch up with the offenses. You know what I mean? And the recruiting of it changed. You know, no more you see the 6'1", 6'2", you know, 252, 255 middle linebacker. That's mm-hmm. a plugger. He's just a tackle-to-tackle guy. Now you see a strong safety inside. And then on the outside, you, you don't see those big linebackers no more from playing the 4-3, the old school. Now you're seeing them, their second year guys getting out there trying to cover cover slight guys. So that's why even with me, now the office is still is not doing that, but eventually it's going to revolve back into that because now they're slowing all these off. You ain't seeing the big numbers no more. They slowing these offenses down. You know what I mean? And so that's why, once again, my offense would still stand the test of time because then now I'm playing, we playing smash mouth. You know what I mean? Because all the 11 defensive guys on that field these days, they don't want to tackle. Nope. <laughs> and that's why you see so many missed tackles. And the guy break through and he make one miss and he, he off to an 80-yarder, you know. 
But now, you know, but also now they're switching up the defenses so much and showing you so many looks because you're just stagnated in two by two. So now they playing with your quarterback. You know, and even in the spread, in the spread, they used to tell you who to throw the ball to. You know, I had an opportunity to get a kid from my Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come to Texas Southern in my first year. And he really couldn't read defenses. They basically, you know, when that's when they used to, they'd be up there and say, hut, hut, hut. And then they look to the sideline. Right, right, right. They tell them who to throw to. And I'm like, no, 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 buddy. The defender going to tell you to throw to. We're going to see what, who's high on top, whether it's two or three. And then wherever we throw the ball, we're going to throw our two combination against, you know, our two routed versus cover two. And whoever we read going to tell you who, who the ball going to. You know, and I've talked to some coaches, you know, that they, they, they don't think that you can teach your quarterback how to read defenses, you know, or read defenders. Oh, that's too much. You know, because I come with what's pre-snap read. Pre-snap read is what front, what coverage. Pre-snap look. Well, what's pre-snap look? I'm, I'm reading the defender who we going to run the ball off or throw the ball off of. By the time I plant that foot, and that used to be when you came up underneath the center. I think it's even better sometimes when you're in the gun. So now I, I can I know where front it is. Now I'm reading the defense. What they doing? Are they rotating going from two to three? Or they or they quarter quarter halves? You know, I, I know if that 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 cornerback, if we trying to high load a cornerback on a on a corner route in the hitch, I know if that cornerback bail, hell, they could be in quarter, quarter, quarter. I'm you know, third, 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 you know, and then we go where we want to go with the football. And, you know, some guys don't think that you can teach that. And, and my thing is you don't have to all teach it in one, one day or one year. Then that next year you get a little better. Then the next year you get a little better. Then you get a whole group of guys that know the offense and shit. They run it themselves. At Tennessee State, I mean, we won two OVC championships. Uh, we averaged 39 and 38. We went 9 and 3, 11 and 0. We had player of the year and everything else. You know, uh, they they were good. They we, they could interchange. I, my fullback knew the offense so good he could go he could go play wide out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They interchange. My tight end could play fullback. My my fullback would jump to tight end if we wanted to go double double tight end. You know that balance up the defense, and he'll jump and we go double tight end. If don't nobody come down on him, shit, we run zone inside outside zone that way. You know because we outflank them. You know, and if the defense don't understand what just happened, and then we, we do that and tight end jump to the, I mean, the fullback jump to the weak side tight end. They don't bring nobody down. Then we take that, the, the strong side tight end, put him in motion and run toss. So you not only are flanking, we got the edge, the fullback, I mean, the tight end come over. He's got the force guy, whoever that may be, if they have one, because <laughs> the formation throws them off. Mm-hmm. So... So it's just it's, it's it's a lot. It's fun. Uh, you can have plays in, in a multi offense. I think think you can have certain plays for s- certain players. You know, uh, and making everybody a part. Not just saying bringing a kid in just to run one play, but he's a part of the system. What you just described is quintessential building a program to where it starts to run itself. You got a guy that may come in as a freshman. He red shirts. He gets that full free year of learning the offense to where now he's teaching to the next guy and the next guy teaching to the next guy. And so everybody understands their role. 
And that's why it's able to run like clockwork. That's why you've been able to have success everywhere you've been. Coach, this has been fun. I've learned a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure the listeners are going to enjoy this and, and, and learned a lot as well. And man, this, this has just been a, this is the type of talk that, that we need out there, man. This, this is just talk, chalk talk out there. Um, learn about your offensive background and, you know, what makes you successful. And, and Coach, I appreciate you taking time and, and doing this. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, the next session is to, to be able to teach coaches how to coach. And it's not about just X and O's. It's how to carry yourself. It's about what part of the, uh, of the program you are and it lets you know how important that your position is. But I appreciate you. Uh, again, I can't say enough about the guys who I've worked with, uh, the players that have uh, let me be a part of their life. Uh, I've had a, a lot of success, success and uh, I look forward to speaking with you again. Absolutely. Coach, it's always a pleasure. Thank you again.